Listen, we're excited about sisterhood. We are excited about this Thursday. It's going to be uh, incredible. We've already been talking about it. But uh, I just want to take a moment and remind everyone again, this is something that's really important to our church. And let me tell you why. There is, um, there, there sometimes is a stigma that happens uh, with, with girls, uh, especially when they feel like they can't be themselves around other girls. And so as a church, uh, my wife uh, just stands at the front and says, no, every girl everywhere in any situation is welcome here. And, that, and that's something very special that doesn't happen in every environment. And so I, I want all of us to see that. If you're a guy and you're like, oh, that's for the girl. No, 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 it's not for the girl. It's for us as a church. And so what we're doing is, I, I mean, I'm praying for this Thursday. I'm excited for what's gonna be happening in the life of our church. In fact, we believe, come on church, we believe that there are people that are have not yet yet become part of our family that are outside in the Tulsa surrounding area, that sisterhood is going to be something that's going to grab and catch them and bring them and, and put them in a place where they really feel like, man, I've been looking for this family all, all my life. Where, where has this been? And so be praying for this Thursday. In fact, you're going to be seeing, we, we, uh, we believe in this so much that we're going to be having, our church is going to be having uh, billboards around the city talking about sisterhood uh, this Thursday and Mother's Day. So you're going to see your church around the city. So your invitation really matters because you're going to invite somebody. They're going to also hopefully prayerfully see uh, why they're waiting in line thinking this line is so long. I can't believe this red light is the worst. And then all of a sudden they're going to see this billboard and they're going to be like, oh, that person invited me. Oh, that, that church. We're praying that at that moment they said, I'm coming. I'm coming. And that God does the rest. And so we're believing that it's going to be a a wonderful, wonderful week with sisterhood and Mother's Day. Just really believing that God is going to do some incredible stuff in our church because we believe we're just getting started. We believe that there are more people that need to know how much God loves them, how much God, come on, don't you believe that too with me? That God, we, we got more people around in our surrounding area that need to know how much God loves them, needs to know how much that God cares for them is in their corner. And so with that in mind, come on, let's pray. We're going to talk for the next couple of minutes. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for everybody here in this room, everybody watching online right now, a part of our church, or maybe this is their uh, first time at New Heart Church. God, I'm praying that this morning would be different. God, I'm praying this morning would feel, God, like you are speaking to them for the very first time. God, I'm praying for people that have known you for a long time. God, for some, at some moment, God, it feels like, fresh air to them this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen. I I don't know if you feel this way. I definitely feel this way. Uh, When you walk into a restaurant and you order a soda, who says soda? Anybody say soda? Okay. Who says pop? Pop? Okay. Uh, Okay. Who says, who's really fancy? says soda pop. Some of you are saying everything. All right. Um, anyway, you, you get into a restaurant and you, and you order a soda and, um, they bring out a bottle of soda immediately. I'm like, no, 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 you're not getting me. Cause I know what this means. Refills aren't free. I know what you're trying to do with your little fancy Coke bottle. 
and I order a water so quick, I'm like, no, 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 because I hate the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, so I, I don't ever want to not have, because uh, I drink a lot during, the, when, when we're eating, so I'm like, man, give me a water, because if I, if I do this, man, the bill's going to be a million dollars, and so I, I, I just, I hate the idea, or when I feel like, oh, you don't have, you don't have free refills, because there's, there's all, I'm, I'm putting a demand on that way. How many of you are like, just bring the picture to the table, right? Some of you, you know what I'm talking Okay. Yeah, because there's always this demand that I place on the waiter or waitress. And I'm like, come on, I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm going to have a, a lot to drink. Just bring a pitcher of water or just bring it. Because there's, there's this demand. And I was thinking about this idea of refills aren't free. And I was thinking about the demand that I, that I place just drinking uh, water after water after water. And then this scripture came to my mind, and this is what I want to talk about this morning, uh, is the scripture in Judges, and we all know this, uh, maybe a lot of us know this story, um, it's it's the story of Samson, but there's this moment where he gets in trouble with a prostitute that he falls in love with, Delilah, and uh, and there's this moment where Delilah takes his money from the Philistines and says, hey, try to figure out what makes Samson so strong. And so she constantly is talking to him and saying, what makes you strong? And then he tells her, and then she says, the Philistines are here. And he breaks out of it because he was lying to her. You can see it's a really, really good relationship. Okay, there's, there's a lot of manipulation on both sides. It's, it's, it's really healthy. And, um, and so uh, I want to pick it up at verse 15 here. Um, and so, you can, I mean, it's just dysfunctional. Look at this. Then Delilah pouted. Just so you know, when you have to get answers from a significant other using emotional manipulation, it's not good. Okay, right? Oh, if I just do this and I can make him do this or make her do that. No, no. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? Manipulation. You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. So she tormented him. That's so nice. With her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Doesn't this sound like a relationship you want? I mean, you can tell this is just, can, can I also tell you, sometimes we get stuck in things that we, we would never want, but we just never have the power to get out of. This is Samson here. He's like, he hasn't made this decision. Like, I'm not going to be in this unhealthy thing. Finally, Samson shared his secret, his secret with her. My hair has never been cut. He confessed for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved... Come on, baby. Uh, my strength, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. That was a really deep sleep, I guess. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. 
And this is maybe one of the top five saddest pieces of scripture for me in the Bible. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord has left him. Sometimes you can be in such a dry place. You don't realize you're at the end of your rope until the whole house of cards comes falling down. Sometimes we get in such a place that we don't even, we're, we're going out of our own strength for so long, we don't even realize when we're, we don't even have the strength of God in our life anymore. And it's a very sobering thought, but it's a very important thought because we need to understand that at some point you're going to start feeling empty in your life. And if this glass was Samson, he feels strong. He feels like he's got all the strength that he needs. And then Delilah comes along or life comes along and puts a demand on him. And some of that goes away. And then another time something happens and some of that goes away. Have you ever felt like Samson? Where life kind of keeps taking away your strength? Come on, don't lie here in church. Where family kind of takes some stuff from you. Where friends kind of take some stuff from you. Come on, even where your spouse is supposed to act, but sometimes they're like. <laughs> and you're like, come on! You know, where you've got, you've got your boss that's taking something from you. you got employees that are taking something from you. got your own dreams that are taking something from you. You've got your own, what you want to see happen in your own life. And the truth is the demand will always be there, but if you stay in a dry environment long enough, you will suffer. And I, what I want to say, Samson, uh, you know, he did this of it. This was his own fault. But what I want all, us to all see, you're not invincible. You're not invincible. Some of you walk out to your job and, you, and you're wondering why you're starting to get at the end of your rope because people are just like, And you're like, I'm getting to the end here. Okay? And you pour it all out of your job. Then you come home and your kid's like. <laughs> and when you hear that sound, some of you are living your life and your soul is making that sound. I mean, you hate that sound at a restaurant, right? And shame on you for some of you doing that really loud so your waiter or waitress hears you. They come walking around and you're like. <laughs> but some of, some of you came in today like that. Some of you had your week like that. And that's all you feel. And life, do you know that life keeps putting that demand on you? And you don't want to have 
conversations like that when you're that empty. You, you, you don't want to meet your family when you're that empty. You don't want to have that conversation with your spouse when you're that empty. You don't want to come, some of you don't even want to come to church when you're that empty. Some of you don't, you just feel so depleted and so dry and so, and you're wondering why Samson stayed in this environment and you're wondering why he got himself in trouble. He didn't even realize that the Lord had left him and it was just pulling in his own strength. And at some point, you, that withdrawal becomes negative. You ever look at your bank account and you're like, where did the money go? And then you start looking and you're like, what, what is that withdrawal? What is that withdrawal? All these, and, and some of you know what I'm talking about, those automatic withdrawals. You know, the, the little things you signed up for, four ninety nine. that's nothing. Yeah, when you sign up for 15 499s, it's something. And they can, you know those people, they don't care. They do every, every, every month. Bop, bop, bop. And you're wondering, why are we so low? It's because the demand keeps coming. The kids, your, your, kid, your friends, your job, your dreams, your boss, your employees, the things in life, it just keeps coming and keeps pulling. And some of you are trying to take this on with nothing in the tank. And you definitely need a refill. But what you've lied to, and what I've lied to myself, and maybe you've lied to yourself about, is that you think you don't need a refill, you need a break. So, so, you, start, let's, so, so you start getting down to the end here, all right? And you're like, everybody's just taking from me. The kids, the sp- my spouse, the job, the, every, I need a break. I need a break. Can't wait for this. And you got a date set out or something set out that you're like, or maybe you're just like, I just need to stop. I need to take a break. I got to take a break from serving at church. I got to take a break from my connect. I got to, and you start cutting things out because you're like, look at how low I'm getting. Look how low I'm getting. And so you take a break. All right. And it's awesome. Why you take a break? Look, look what happens. Nothing goes down. And you're like, this is awesome. This is what I needed. But the moment you come back from your break, it's gone. It's done. A break wasn't what you needed. You needed a refill. Some of some of you think you just need a break. You don't need a break. You need a refill. And there's a difference between taking a break and getting a refill. And some you're like, oh, it's too much money. I can't drive my car anymore. Gas is terrible. Just stopping driving. I'm just stopping. You park your car. The moment you start driving again, what happens? Gas keeps going down. You need, you got to refill that thing. But but so many of us, we live our life doing this thing. We've stopped 
We've stopped everything. We've stopped serving. We've stopped getting together with good people. We've stopped putting ourselves in front of God. We've stopped reading our Bible. We've stopped doing all of these things that we need. We're just like, I just need a break. I just need a break. But the moment you come back into life, it puts a demand on you and starts sucking out all the stuff that you're supposed And you didn't even realize that God had left. And you're like, why do I feel so dry? Why, why do I feel... Like, I don't have anything left to give. I want to talk about the cost of a refill. Because refills aren't free. There's a cost. And um, so John John chapter 7 here talks about it. Jesus uh, just says this. He says, on, on the last day, in the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Awesome. I, I want to go back to that first verse. Go, go back to that first verse. On the last day to come, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. What, what is the cost of a refill? You, you got to come. What, what is the cost of a refill? Some of you are desperate for a refill right now. Some of you are at the end of your rope. You put on a smiley face. But you have come, come in here this morning. You're watching online right now. And, and you really are depleted. And listen, can I just tell you again? Having a conversation with somebody when you're like this. <coughs> does not turn out well. You say the wrong things. You do the wrong things. You compromise where you shouldn't compromise. You throw away your integrity for one night because you're so depleted. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want that anymore. And, and you feel like, oh, this maybe will be the thing that fills. No, it won't fill you up. It will suck you dry. And, and you're trying to so, in, in so many areas, trying to be the best grandma or the gra- best grandpa and trying to be the best husband or best wife or the best employee or the best friend or this person or that. Or, or how, can, how can I make myself somebody better so I can get a relationship? And you're doing all of this in and of your own strength and you're at the very bottom of the glass and you're like, how can I do this? It feels like everything I do is not turning out right it's because you need a refill you don't need a break you don't need a stop you actually need a refill and and how you get a refill is you need the spirit of God in your life to come alive again you need the spirit of God to pour inside it Jesus said anybody who's thirsty and if we're really honest all of us are thirsty every single day and, and so it, Jesus said, anybody, any, I love, he said anybody. He didn't say the spiritual uh, the people at the top of the line, they are the ones who get to come. He didn't say just this person or that person or that race or that, uh, that age or that person that sits at this kind of economics. He didn't say, he said, everyone, anyone, come to me if you're thirsty. And so, and so when he said that, he gave us 
direction. You got to move. You got to move. When I'm in a restaurant, I like when they have the machines with all the different sodas and water and all that. I don't like the waiter or the waitress to be the one who controls my refill. I will get, I like getting up at any moment. I can get up and top that baby off. At any moment, I could just go back. If I wanted to go back there and just, and then just go back and then just go back and just go, I could do that all day. I can, I can do because I like to be in control because at any moment when I'm thirsty, I get up and go. And God gave me this picture of some of you. And I don't know who this is for, but God gave me this this week, a picture of you sitting at the table, dry, nothing in your glass, and just waiting. Is somebody going to grab my glass? Some, somebody going to put something in it? I don't have any more energy with my kids. I don't have any energy with my, my marriage is failing. Uh, I, I, don't ha- I don't know what to do with my job right now. I don't know what to do with my own life. I haven't let anybody into this. Life. And you're, you're telling yourself all these things. On, you have this inner monologue where you're like, I'm so depressed, but I haven't let anybody know. I'm so angry, but I haven't let anybody know. I'm so bitter, but I haven't let anybody know. And everybody can hear you trying to get something. But knowing that you need a refill and you're sitting at a table just looking, hoping somebody comes by. When what Jesus asked of us is to move and come to him. What does that look like? Get in church. Open up your Bible. Download, download that Bible app. Start a reading plan. Turn on worship music and sit and worship God. Start praying. Do something. Take uh, that step and get connected in that connect group. Move. Don't sit there with an empty cup hoping at some point, at some way, somebody's going to see, oh, wow. That, no, no. Jesus said, "You, if you're thirsty, come. If you're thirsty, in, in, in Jesus' mind, he's sitting there, and at church, all we should be doing is just, just filling it up. Just, I mean, just all, how many of you fill it up, and then the foamy foam gets on the top, and you're like, no, I don't drink the foamy foam, and you pour out, and then you just fill it up to the edge again, you know, you just want a full drink. You want to the very, very tippity top. Okay, so, so you got to understand, this is what happens when you get up in the morning and go to church. This is what happens when you wake yourself up and open up your Bible. This is what happens when you say, God, I'm just going to sit here and pray for a second. This is what happens when you turn on worship music. You are starting to get refilled. It's not about a break or it's not about it. You're starting to get something that comes inside of you and starts filling you up again. But there's a lot of us, we've just gotten too used to 
running on this. And we're ending up like Samson. We didn't even know when the Lord left. And Jesus is saying, come. Come. Get up. Move your glass. <laughs> no. Nope. See what happens when Jess isn't here? I, uh, this, is not, this, this is not okay. And I expect no one to ever say anything about this. Jess is at home, or Jess is at her uh, family's in Texas, just so you know. And I'm just asking you not to say anything. Y'all are liars too. You're like, <laughs> text her right now. Uh, not only did Jesus say, just, uh, you see how I'm breezing right past this and I'm not going to even talk about it anymore. Uh, not only did Jesus say, come, but look at this, what he said. Uh, throw that up there again. He says, uh, in, in me, may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Look at that. Anyone who believes in me may come. Anyone who believes in me. What's another way to talk about how, how you believe in someone? You have an expectation for someone. Do you have an expectation that Jesus is actually going to fill you? Do you have an expectation? When you woke up this morning and you came into church, did you have an expectation that something was going to happen in your life? Did, when you open up your Bible, do you have an expectation that God's going to speak to you? When you start worshiping God, do you have an expectation that something is going to happen in your soul? When you pray, do you have an expectation that something is actually going to happen? Or are you just doing it because, well, they say to pray, so I, just, I, I should say some words, I guess. But do you have an expectation? Because I, I believe that not only should we move to God, because He's already moved to us, and so we, we're responsible to that grace and we're coming to him and not only are we coming to him but we believe in him we have an expectation that something is going to happen in this moment something something's happening this morning come on so, some of you are, are listen uh, can I just tell you some of you walk into church and you walk out the same you walk in all right What's going to happen? Oh, he's kind of funny. Okay. Well, that was good. That was good. And you walk out in the same, out the same. Now, and so some others come in and they're like, man, did I need this this morning? Golly, God, I need you to do something in my life. I need, to, I need something to change in my life. God, I need this. Oh, man, this is going to be so good for me. And man, does God do something in their life. What is the difference? One has expectation, one doesn't. One's coming in expecting God to do something. One is like, well, whatever happens, happens. And I don't know about you, but I need a refill. And I expect God to refill me. I, because there's a lot going on in life that's trying to take away all of this and I need God to refill me and I have an expectation that he does and 
Uh, well, I'll just use this analogy. How, how many of us, uh, how many of us, when you come to a faucet, grab your glass, how many of you turn on the faucet first just to see if there's water and then you put your glass under? Or how many of you, when you come to the faucet, you put your glass under first and then hit the faucet? Right? Most all of us go under the faucet, put our cup under the faucet, then hit it on. Why? Because we have an expectation that the water is going to come out. Right? None of us are like turning on and like, whoa! What? You're kidding me! It's amazing! No, none of us are like that. Do you have that same expectation with God? When you come into church and you're like, I know what's going to happen. I know God's going to fill me. When you open up your Bible, you know God's, I know God's going to speak to me. When I start worshiping, I know God's going to do something in my life. God's going to start rearranging my heart. When I start praying, I know God's going to do those things that I'm asking him to do. I've got expectation that something's happening. When I get into that connect room, I know there's going to be some kind of conversation, something that's going to uplift me. There's going to be something that's just going to fill my soul and make me feel like, man, this is so good. Because you just have expectation. And in this moment, that, that's, that's where you get that, that feeling. This last thing I, I want to remind all of us is, and you can stand to your feet about being refilled. Because it's not free. Because we've got to come and we have to have expectation. But God, we need you. We need you to, to fill. Some, some of you are desperate in line for a refill. And you've been feeling like you've been scraping the bottom of the barrel for far too long. And you're doing things in your life because you have to. And you're, and you're pushing because there's just, you're just like, I just got to do it. But there's no life there. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no expectation. There's, and you need that refill. I, I, I want to read the scripture, uh, Psalm 23, verse 5. It says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. And what does it say? My cup overflows. You you prepare a feast for me in in the presence of my enemies. So even, I, I want you to see this. Some of you might be in a fight right now, but that's where you need to refill the most. Some of you might be trying and, and believing God for something so huge. That's where you need to refill the most. And then what it said, and then you, you, you prepare this table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my what? My cup overflows. 
Yes, I know that refills cost us something, but can I tell you also, remind you that also the refill that God has for you is more than enough? That it just doesn't get to the top, it overflows in your life? Come on, God God doesn't have just a little bit for you. He has a lot for you. He has a lot for your business. He has a lot for your family. He has a lot for your relationship. He has a lot for your friends. He has a lot for your future. He has a lot for your dreams. He has more than enough. He's not running out and wondering how he can bless you and bless somebody else. He has more than enough. This is the God we serve. He will overflow your life with blessings, but you've got to get in a place where he can pour into you and overflow outside of you. And so right here in this moment, I, I, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for everyone who's watching online at this moment. If you would, just close your eyes. Just you and God at this moment. Father, I'm praying. God, for the people who, who desperately need a refill, God, I'm praying specifically for the ones who are going in their own strength right now and not even realizing that you're not around. And they're making it happen on their own. And God, they're coming to the end of their rope. Father, I'm praying for those people. Father, that you would pour into their life. With everybody's head bowed, everybody's eyes closed, everybody watching right here. If you're watching right here, this is just you and God at this moment. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you did a long time ago, but you're so far away from him. But the truth is, he's not far from you. This moment is for you. I want to pray for you right now. Church, we're going to pray all together. But I'm talking specifically to some of you who have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never made a decision to let Jesus be the Lord of your life, the boss, the one who runs it all. If if that's you this morning, Jesus wants to refill your life. And so I'm going to ask you, just put your hand over your heart, wherever you are. If that's you, I want you to put your hand over your heart. Right, right now, we're going to pray in just a moment online. I, I want you, if you're saying, I, I just, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. I, I need to rededicate my life to following Jesus. I, I need to open up my life. I'm, I'm so low. I'm so dry. And I need Jesus to fill my life. And we believe that as you pray this prayer, that Jesus is going to do something on the inside of you. And so church, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. Let everyone hear you. And, and those of you who have your hand over your heart, watching online right now, if you have your hand over your heart, I want you to pray this prayer out loud and mean it with all of your heart. And I'm believing that Jesus is going to change you from the inside out. Come on, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And I ask you to forgive me all my sin all my mistakes. Give me the grace to follow you with all of my heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God worship in this moment. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you.